Good morning, church. Happy New Year's. Hope you guys had a good holiday season. Um, mine was great. Glad it's over. Um, love Christmas, you know, celebrate the birth of Jesus. Don't love the gifts and stuff like that, you know. My son got like a whole room of toys now. Ready to throw stuff away already. He plays with one thing and gets rid of it. It's don't make sense, but amen. Um, you know, that's the great U.S., right? Um, so last week we had an opportunity to hear from Dr. Steve Kennard, and he talked about um, personal spiritual growth, and he gave 12 ways um, that we can grow personally um, in our spirituality. And so one of those ways that he gave was prayer. So that's what I'm going to talk about today is prayer. Um, so the title of my message today is What Prayer is For and What is Not. Okay, so we're going to talk about what prayer is for and what prayer is not for. So we'll start off with what prayer is not for. Um, so let's turn our Bibles to Luke 18. And we'll read um, from 10 through 12. Luke 18, 10 through 12. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. So, firstly, one thing that prayer is not for, prayer is not for a time to boast to God, right? So we should not be boasting to God, and we should not be boasting at all, because honestly, none of us is that awesome to begin with. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments, right? We should be proud of our accomplishments. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving yourself a pat on the back. You know, you did, you did a good job. Um, nothing wrong with celebrating yourself. And you know, quite honestly, some of us need to do more of that. You know, some of us are way too hard on ourselves, um, get down on ourselves, beat up, beat up on ourselves too much. So some of us actually need to, you know, find more things um, in our life um, that we can be proud of. Um, find things that we can feel good about. Um, but all of us need to remember that it's God who gives us the ability um, to accomplish those, those goals, to accomplish those things. Um, it's God that opens those doors for us, um, you know, to be able to go through and to be able to accomplish those things. So, you know, I, I look at this Pharisee, and, you know, not only is he boasting, but, you know, he's kind of putting other people down as well. And, you know, it's really a dangerous trap to compare yourself to other people, um, you know, and, and feel like you're in a better position than them. The only person we need to be comparing ourselves to is Jesus. And I think if we did that, uh, we'll all have a sober judgment of ourselves. Um, so, you know, prayer is definitely not a time for us to be boasting to God. Okay, so let's not do that. Um, secondly, prayer is not just for our Christmas list. Let's turn over to uh, James 4. We're going to read 2 and 3. James 4, 2 and 3. Um, the Bible reads, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. 
so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now, we know that the Bible tells us we can pray about anything and everything and ask for anything, um, and we should do that. The Bible tells us we should do that. Uh, but, you know, when, when we're praying and it's all about, you know, God, give me this, God, give me that, God, give me this, I need this, I want that, I need this, I want that, um, you know, it becomes more of that Christmas list. Um, and, you know, it's just more about what you want from God. And you're not mentioning no one else. You're not talking about no one else. Everything is about you. Um, you know, it's like my four-year-old, right? Every toy commercial that come on, he's like, oh, daddy, I want that. Can I have that? And I'm like, sure, son, you can have that. Next commercial, daddy, can I have that? Sure, son, you can have that. Um, you know, then we go to the store and, oh, daddy, can I get this toy? Sure, you know, you can get the toy. So what started to happen is, you know, my wife and I, we started to create this, you know, entire spoiled little monster child um, because everything he asked for, we was giving him. So we actually had to sit down and have a talk like, look, we actually got to start telling this kid no. You know, this kid is just going to start thinking that he can just get anything that he wants. You have to really start telling this kid no. So, you know, we started practicing no, and, you know, Nigel's a lot better at it than I am. Um, you know, he gives me that little look, and I'm like, oh, my baby, yes, you can have it, you know. And, and you know, Nigel, she just shakes her head, and she goes like this. So this means he got you wrapped around his pinky. So she'll go, here we go. So y'all should see Diamond's face. She's laughing because she's, she's been around for a lot of these moments when I'm like, you know, just like falling over and giving them what he want. Um, but, you know, we really had to start telling him no. So, you know, we know that God is the ultimate parent. And we get to pray and ask God whatever we want, right? So we go to God and we pray. We ask for raises, um, you know, a new job, ask for good grades, you know, a new apartment, a new car. So we ask God for all of these things. And God is like, okay, you know, what do you want this stuff for? Right? So do you want this raise um, so you can help someone else? Do you want this raise so maybe you can help that family, you know, that lives in your building that you see may not be doing too well? Or help the poor, right? Or help the homeless. Is that why you want the raise? Is that why you want more money? Um, do you want that big apartment so you can invite the teens over, right? Or invite the campus ministry over for a Devo. You know, is that, is that why you want the larger apartment? Um, God is like, you know, what's the reason that you want this stuff? Why do you want that new car? Do you want to go pick some folks up, you know, for church? Or when it's raining outside? You know, or, you know, you just need a new car to style a little bit. You know, God is asking, what's the purpose? So God tells us no sometimes. Because everything that we want is for ourselves. So yes, our motives absolutely matter. Our motives in prayer absolutely matters. So, you know, maybe there's been some things that we've been praying about for a long time, you know, been on a prayer list for a long time, and God haven't blessed you with that yet. I want to challenge you today to think about your motive. 
right? Is that the reason? I don't know. But it could be. We see here in the Bible that motives matter. And, you know, if you've been praying about that thing, you're like, man, God, I've been praying about this thing years on end, and, you know, it, didn't, it haven't happened yet. Maybe you should sit down and say, hey, well, why do I really want this? Maybe God is not blessing you. Maybe God is not blessing that thing because he's like, hey, look, you just want this for yourself. So motives absolutely matter in our prayers. Absolutely. And if you're not getting that thing you want, ask yourself, how's your motives? Um, so next, um, prayer is not, so the next thing that prayer is not for is prayer is not a substitute for action. Prayer is not a substitute for action. Um, we're going to go to Exodus 14. We're going to start in verse 10. And going to give us a little background for some context. So this is when um, the Israelites came out of Egypt. So you're in the desert. And Pharaoh decides, you know what? I don't know why I let them go. Let's go get them. I'm going to kill them. All right? That's what Pharaoh decides. So we'll pick it up in verse 10. So we're going to read verse 10, then we're going to hop down and read 13 through 15. So verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Uh, we're going to go down 13. Uh, Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see it. You will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. So sometimes when we go to God in prayer and we ask him for that new car, that new house, or, you know, the good grades and all the things that we talked about before, um, sometimes when we go to God in prayer, we, ha- we, we do have proper motive. Right? And we do feel like, man, if I can get this raised, then I can help more people. Then I can raise contribution. I can give more to the poor. You know, it, it, God, if you bless me with this new, this new apartment and some new furniture, I can have some folks over and I, and I can host some folks and I can cook some dinners. So sometimes we're praying to God and we absolutely have the right motives and God doesn't answer the prayer. And we're like, God, you know, what's going on? You know, so it's like a conversation, like, you know, say you're having a conversation with somebody and they've been praying about these things, and you're like, hey, the person like, hey, you know, I've been praying about this raise and I really want to do all these good things with the money that God gives me. You know, so you ask them, you know, you've been praying about it, you ask them, well, hey, you know, how's that going with the raise? I know you've been praying about it. You know, they may say, like, hey, it's not going well. You know, God is not blessing it. You know, may ask hey, you know, well, what can I do for you? You know, can I help? Yeah, you can pray for me, right? The person, you can pray for me, you know, keep praying. You know, and then you ask the person, well, hey, man, you know, how many job applications have you filled out? Um, none. What? Like, you, you want a new job and you're not applying for jobs? Like, let's be serious here. Like, you want a new apartment, but you're not looking for an apartment? Like, how much sense does that make, Right? So if we go back to the scripture here, um, and we look through verse 13 through 15, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see again. 
The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We know that's true. That God will fight for us. And sometimes that's all we need to do is be still. Right? But there's other times, and in verse 15, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Like, it's time to go. God is like, okay, look, prayer is great, right? And you should pray continually. That's what the Bible says. But you pray all day long, but you're not doing anything. Like, you want this job, and you're praying about it, but you're not doing anything. You want this A in this class, but you're not studying. You just want God to drop an A out the sky. We know he can do it, right? He dropped manna from the sky 40 years. So it's possible. But sometimes God is like, hey, are you going to put any work in this at all? Like sometimes we just want God to move. We go to God in prayer and we think, God, it's just time for you to move. And God is like, you know what? It's time for you to move. Like it's, it's time for you to do something. Like God actually told Moses, why are you still crying out to me? Like why are you still praying? The Israelites are coming. I don't know if y'all see them or not. But they're right there. They're coming. It's time for y'all to get them and go. So God eventually worked out that great miracle where he parted the sea. And, you know, all all the Egyptians died in the sea. But the sea wasn't where they was at. The the sea was there somewhere. So God is like, I need you to get up. And I need you to go to where the place that I'm trying to take you to do this miracle for you. I need you to get up and I need you to go look for that job so I can do this miracle for you. I don't need you just standing here praying all day long. I mean, prayer is great, but we need some action behind our prayer. The, the Bible says faith without deeds are dead. Show me your faith and I will show you my deeds. By, I'll show you my deeds by what I do. Right? So it's faith all day, but we have to do something with that faith. So I encourage you today, church, you may be praying for something, and you may have the perfect motive. And God is like, yes, you are right on track. Great. I appreciate that. You have the right heart. But you need to get up and go do something. Right? So let's put some action behind our prayers, church, and let's watch God move. Um, so my first point was what prayer is not for. My second and last point would be what prayer is for. So we'll look at a couple of things what prayer is for. So let's go to um, Philippians 4. We're going to read 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and a peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. So one of the things that prayer is for, prayer is for peace. We pray for peace. So I'll tell you, last week, you know, I'm helping some friends move. Um, You know, they was going to stay anonymous, but they actually came up here and said that they moved recently. So it was Dylan and Diamond. Uh, I I wasn't going to say it, but since they said it anyway, you know. I'm helping Dylan and Diamond move. And, you know, so they rent a U-Haul truck, and, you know, Diamond, she's young, and, you know, I'm old, you know, I, you know I'm a veteran driver, you know, I've been driving for a lot longer than Diamond, right? So I'm like, Diamond, I- I'll drive the U-Haul, you know, you drive my car, I'll drive the U-Haul, it's big, you know, you don't really know what you're doing, I got this, don't worry. Um, yeah, I probably know where I'm going with this. Um, so, you know... One of my famous lines is, you know, if I can't do anything else, I can drive. 
right? So I'm a self-proclaimed great driver. So I'm driving down the road, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do. Go, make a right turn. Next thing I know, crunch, 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 man. I'm like, I crashed into a parked car. Yep. Real story, true story. This veteran driver, right, crashed into a parked car. So you know how it goes after that. Anybody ever had an accident, pulled over, get out, assess the damage. Um, somebody was actually in the parked car. So if I wanted to be unrighteous and leave, I couldn't do it anyway. Uh, but I, I would never do that. I wouldn't do that. I, wouldn't do that. I, I promise you, church, I would not do that. I promise. But couldn't do it anyway. So lady, get out. You know, she's yelling and screaming. I'm like, oh, God. That's the first thing you always say. This is where you're like, oh, God. Like, come on, right? So she's yelling and screaming. And I'm like, so I'm like I'm getting in the truck. So I'm trying to get the, get the U-Haul off of the car. She's like, don't go. Where are you going? I'm like, missing. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just getting the U-Haul off. So we pull over. I see the damn pull over. Now we're waiting for the cops. You know, that was like an hour and a half. Um, so we're waiting for the police to come. And at this point... I'm just, like, tearing myself up. Like, how could I be so stupid? Like, I can't believe I did this. Like, I know better than this. And, like, my heart and my mind is, I'm just all jacked up right now. I'm just just going somewhere else with it. So I tell you, thank God, I just happened to be with Jabari, one of the fellas here. Jabari was with me in the passenger seat. And Jabari goes, hey, let's pray. You say amen. At this point, I'm thinking, bro, we should have prayed before we got in this truck that we wouldn't have had an accident. Like, you know, your, your prayers at this point, I mean, I don't know. You know, we, we should have did this a long time ago, you know, like an hour ago. But, you know, I, you know, I consider myself a spiritual man of God, right? So I'm like, you know, great, come on, let's pray. So, you know, we prayed. So after we prayed, you know, the situation didn't change. You know, I was still sitting there in an accident. But when we finished praying, you know, the situation didn't change, but I was different. I was calm. I was okay. My whole attitude was different after I prayed. I mean, it was amazing. Like, I was in a situation where, you know, most normal people freak out in those situations. Um, but God was able to give me the peace that transcends all understanding on the spot. I mean, in the prayer that I prayed, I mean, if we graded prayers on a scale of 1 to 10, I would definitely be at a 1. I mean, it was one of, I didn't know what to say. I didn't really feel like praying. You know, I'm like, God, but, you know, we did it. And I was just totally, totally different afterwards. I mean, God totally, like, gave me the peace that transcends understanding, like the scripture talked about. So, you know, I learned a valuable lesson that day. And, you know, prayer is not always about changing a situation. Prayer is also about, you know, getting peace and getting strength within a situation. I mean, you know, that situation didn't change for me, but, man, I was, I was just at peace, you know, and I was able to actually go on it and have a good day, you know? It, it, was, it was just, it, it was a good day. It was almost like, hey, this terrible thing didn't even happen. Um, 
So, you know, God definitely gave me that peace that transcends understanding. Um, so I would encourage us all churches, you know, let's pray through those moments. And, you know, sometimes God, you know, causes things. Sometimes he allows us to go through things. Why? Sometimes we have no reason, you know, we don't really understand why. Um, but sometimes he wants us to go through things. And he don't necessarily want us to pray all the time, God, take this away. Um, sometimes it's like God gave me the strength, give me the peace, you know, to, to get through this situation. And I, I definitely experienced that that day. Um, I experienced that peace uh, that just transcends all understanding because uh, it, it changed me automatically on the spot. Um, and that leads me to the next thing that prayer is for, which is surrender. So prayer is for surrender. So we're going to go to the book of Jonah. Excuse me. Go to the book of Jonah. We're going to jump around a little bit to bear with me. So we're going to start in Jonah 1, and we're going to read 1 through 3. Jonah 1, 1 through 3. And this is prayer is for surrender. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amatha, go to the great city of Nivea and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found the ship bound for the port. After paying a fare, he went aboard, and he sailed for Tarshish. Um, so, you know, we see God tells Jonah here to go and preach to the city. And Jonah's like, no. I'm not going, Lord. Actually, I'm going to get on this boat, and I'm going to go the other direction. I'm not going, I'm not going to do what you told me to do, Lord. Not happening. Um, so he gets on his boat and, you know, as if he can actually, like, literally run from God. Uh, I, I don't know what he was thinking. But, so he gets on his boat and the boat starts, this great wave comes up and the boat starts to sink and there's other people on the boat and they're like, what's going on? And Jonah's like, look, you know, it's me. Um, you know, I'm the reason why this is happening. Just throw me overboard. Um, you know, they didn't want to do it, but, you know, they said, okay, let's get rid of this guy. They throw him overboard, right? Um, so let's pick up in Jonah 2. And we're going to read verse 1. Jonah 2, verse 1. Um, it says, from inside, so he, he went over the boat, and then a fish came and swallowed him up. Like God sent this big fish, swallowed Jonah. So we pick it up in verse 2. It says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So Jonah goes to God in prayer and gets surrendered to God in prayer. Jonah goes to God and gets surrendered in prayer. So we'll pick it up in um, Jonah 3, and we'll read 1 through 3. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Um, so this is after Jonah's been in the fish. He prayed. He got surrendered to God. The fish spit him out. So we pick it up there. It goes, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nivea and proclaim to it the message I gave you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nivea. Now Nivea was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. So we see that God told Jonah to preach to the city of Nivea 
And the Bible says that he ran away. He didn't want to do it. So how about us this morning, church? Are we running away from God? Are we spiritually running away from God? Is there an uncomfortable conversation that God has been telling you to have? Are you running from God? Is there a sin in your life that God has been telling you, look, you need to get rid of this. This is not good. And you just refuse to do it. Are you running from God? Is there a decision in your life that God is telling us that you need to make? Like, what's that one decision that God is like, man, you know, you, you just know it. You just feel like God is telling me, I need to make this decision. But you just refuse to make that decision. Are you running away from God this morning, church? Are we running from God? Is there something that God wants us to do? And if we know that God wants us to do it and we are not doing it, we are running away from God. We are no better than Jonah. God is telling us to do something, and we are running away. And we need to go to God in prayer, and we need to get surrendered to God in prayer like Jonah did. We need to come out on the other side and go do what the Lord tells us to do. So let's take a closer look at Jonah's prayer. Um, so let's go to Jonah 2. We're going to read 2 through 9, and we'll take a look at Jonah's prayer. So he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. So Jonah was in distress because he was running from the Lord. So if you're in distress this morning, if one of us is in distress this morning, not necessarily the case, right? Life happens. But maybe, quite possibly, it's because you're running from the Lord. Give us some thought. If it's something that you know God wants you to do, and you're not doing it, and you're in distress, maybe it's because you're running from the Lord. It's a possibility. So, I mean, there's no good that can come from running from God. God knows what's best for us. God wants what's best for us. God want, God's will for our lives is way better than we can ever fathom our lives being if we just follow God's will for our lives. So let's pick it up in verse 3. We'll continue with Jonah's prayer. It goes, you hurled me into the depths, into the vast heart of the sea, and the current swelled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the root of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath Barred me forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy mountain. So right here, this is Jonah being real with God and describing his situation. Jonah's like, look, my life is ebbing away. I'm in the deep. He, he's in the fish. He's in the, you know, in the belly of this fish. Life is ebbing away. So... Of course God knew what Jonah was going through. God knows everything, and God put him in that situation. But Jonah still prayed to God about what he was going through. When we are praying to God, church, God want to hear the real us. Right? He want to know exactly what we're going through. He wants us to be open and honest. He want to have a conversation with us. He want to hear about our dead work. He want to hear when times when we're disappointed, even disappointed with him. Yes, church, we can go to God and say, God, look, I'm disappointed with you. 
right? Because God understands we're human. We can be, we can do that. God knows anyway. God want to hear our hearts. God want to hear everything about us. He wants us to express joy to him. Go in prayer excited, expressing joy when things are going well. I tell you, um, so far too often for myself, when I'm praying, you know, I'm praying about the same things over and over, and my prayer, like, just starts sounding the same, you know, day in and day out. Now, imagine if I call one of you guys, and every day we just talk about the same exact thing. We have the same conversation, the same way, every single day. How many people will continue to pick my phone calls up after about a week? It's like, like, I'm not talking to this dude no more. Like, the same thing over and over. So, you know, obviously there's things on our heart, and, and God tells us to continue to pray about things, right? So there's nothing wrong with praying about the same things. But, you know, just sometimes we fall into the ritual, you know, and it's like this prayer is just like a checklist, and I have these things that I want to ask God for. And God's like, that's not prayer. So that's what I appreciate about Jonah. He got real with God in prayer. Like, look, this is what I'm going through, God. This is how I'm feeling. And God, that's what God want to feel. That's what God, that's what gets a connection. That's how we get a connection with God is through prayer and letting him know exactly where we are. Like, letting him know the true us. I mean, you know, I have, you know, it's crazy because this, this message for me, this was like, when I started putting together, this became way more about me just preaching and really about like, man, prayer is super essential and I need to do a better job with my prayer life. Like, I really need to take my personal prayer life, like, to new heights, um, so, you know, I, I'm done with just asking God for stuff all the time. And, like, I, I really want to have that connection with God and, and really be real with God in prayer. And, you know, I encourage you guys to do the same thing. So let's pick it up um, in verse 8. So we're still in Jonah 2, verse 8. Um, it goes, those who cling to work with idols turn away from God's love for them. But I with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So in verse 9, Jonah talks about how he's going to sacrifice to God. This is where Jonah starts repenting. So we see Jonah repented in prayer. So not only do we surrender in prayer, but we repent in prayer as well. Jonah's like, look, God, I ran away from you, but now I'm going to sacrifice to you, right? I am going to do what you tell me to do. Jonah said, what I vow, I will make good. So Jonah's like, look, God, from now I'm going to do what you tell me to do. This is, this is Jonah repenting in prayer and having true surrender to God in prayer, where first he ran from God, then went, you know, disastrous things happened. He went to God in prayer, and he got his heart right. And he surrendered to God. And he came out on the other side of that prayer ready to go take on the world and do the thing that God wanted him to do. So, you know, this is just a great story of Jonah. I mean, you know, you should definitely read on the story. Jonah was an interesting guy. Um, you know, he actually went and did it and then had some more hard times and had to do some more praying. But I, I appreciate the fact that he continues to go back to God in prayer even when he wasn't feeling like doing what God told him to do. Like, God actually ended up forgiving Nivea, and Jonah's like, why would you do that, God? And I'm like, first you look at it, and it's like, what's wrong with you? But it's like, he was being real, though. So you can't fault him for being real, and, you know, telling God how he really felt, because that's what God wants. So, you know, church, in closing, um, you know, 
prayer is not just about our Christmas list. You know, give it to God, amen, but it's just not about that. Um, prayer is not, you know, just about, you know, the wish list and, and, and kind of what you want out of it. But prayer is about being surrendered to God and, and getting surrendered to God in prayer. Prayer is about connection. Prayer is about repentance. Prayer is powerful. You know, prayer is about peace, getting that peace that transcends all understanding. You know, that's what God gives it to you at. That's what he gave it to me at, in, in prayer. And that's what Philippians says, that God gives it to you in prayer, that peace that transcends all understanding. So I just want to encourage you guys, you know, let's really take our prayer life higher this year. Um, you know, let's really rely on God, um, take prayer serious, and, you know, and really get all those benefits that comes to it. Um, you guys have a great day. Thank you.